0: Welcome to the Foundations Church podcast. Happy July! Elbow someone say happy July 4th. We are glad that you're with us today. My name is Jonathan and I get the privilege of being a student pastor at a church in Florida. And first of all, wasn't worship great? Wasn't worship great? Shannon, you and your team have been killing it. Pastor Justin isn't with us today. He's hanging out with the fam. But would you give a hand clap to Pastor Justin and all that he does? Very few leaders are as great and as intentional and as loving as he is. He's had such a great impact on my life. That's why, you may not know this yet, we may have never met, but you need to know this. We are family, right? I am home, it's good to be home, it's good to be with you. So you can just call me your friend, you can call me Uncle John, whatever you want, but just know, we... We're family, and I'm glad to be here. I want to show you a picture of my immediate family, though, because my family is growing. That's my wife of eleven years, October. My oldest daughter's Gracie; she's four. My son, who's in the middle with the afro, is two. And we got one on the way. We got one more that's on the way, coming in September. People are like, "Were you ready for that? Were you preparing for that?" And I was like. I was preparing for financial stability. Is what I was preparing for, but Jesus had other plans for for your boy. Apparently, but I, I want to let you know that because um, because since the third child is coming, the the dad jokes are also coming. Let you know. So for. The rest- I just need your engagement. The dad jokes are gonna be non-stop. I just need you to participate with the dad jokes. All right, can we do that? Right? We're gonna have a great day. Now, many of you, many of you who've seen me before, when you saw me today, you were like, Yeah, because I've been known as being the person who ends pretty when it comes to services. And so I just want to let you know, I'm going to have you out of service today pretty early, right? And as a matter of fact, Justin gives me the privilege when I come on Sunday to call it Chocolate Sunday. So welcome to Chocolate Sunday. I'm glad that y'all... All right, here we're going to jump into the Bible, jump into Matthew chapter 22. We're going to be talking about July 4th a little bit today, talking about freedom, all that good stuff as we're getting into. Um, I'll read it. It's Matthew chapter 22, verses 30 through 40. Here's what it says. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. Now, here are the Sadducees. The Sadducees were scholars of the time, and they did not believe in the resurrection. So they were sad, you see. Get it? I'm I'm testing you. It's coming for the rest of the service. You should just be ready. They were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in a resurrection, and they had been questioning Jesus, and Jesus has been responding to them, and they've been failing. So they met together to question him again, and one of them, an expert in the religious law, a lawyer, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And then he goes on further to explain to them the second greatest commandment, which is this. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all that demands of the prophets are based on these commandments. Two commands. Many people know this verse as, as the greatest commandments. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, but I'll pray and we'll go ahead and get started. Dear Heavenly Father, this moment is for you. This is less about someone on a platform or on a stage, and it's more about a relationship that we have with you. So speak to us today. That it would be all what you have to say, that our ears and our heart would be open to hear you clearly and see you truly. We love you. So my name we pray. Amen. And Amen. I get I get a little excited about July 4th because I get to do some fun things on July 4th. Now, I'm going to start off by being a very good preacher and giving all my reasons with the same letter because it's alliterations because that's what preachers do. So here's the four things I think about when it comes to July 4th. The first... Is family. Some of you are getting ready to see family you haven't seen in a while. That's either a good thing or a bad thing, but you're going to be stuck with family, right? You're going to get to hang out with some family today to celebrate all that's happened. The second is fireworks. Now, let's be honest right now. Some of you spent way too much money on fireworks this year, didn't you, right? Some of y'all were like, we couldn't really do it last year. This year we're going big. You spent hundreds of dollars on fireworks. Invite me over. The third thing is food come on food got got to be food listen here's here's how i've come to identify that i am now reached middle aged man level all right it's because i am now addicted to smoking meats i'm just telling you I'm addicted to it now. I had a little side gig over, over the semester, and now I spent half of that money just on getting me a smoker. And so now I put ribs, I smoke things that shouldn't even be smoking. My wife is like, what are we going to eat today? I'm like, I don't know. But whatever it is that's going on, the smoker, that's <laughs> that's me, right? So I'm excited about that part of July 4th. And the last one is obviously freedom. There's your four fours, freedom, because that's what this is all about. And when I particularly think about freedom, I think about something that if you grew up in school here, you probably said over 2,000 times. 2,000 times. It's, it's the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I'm not going to ask you to cite it right now, but if I were to ask you, you would have no problem, many of you, right? All I have to do is say, I pledge allegiance, and it's compulsive, right? You can't help it. Even if you're not saying that in your head, like, you're doing it, right? Because it's just something that's been like, it's been, like, we all have it memorized at this point. But here's what I want to ask you. What if I told you that pledging allegiance isn't only about, what, about pledging towards a flag or a country, but that all of us pledge allegiance to someone or something? That's our first point. We all pledge allegiance to someone or to something that's in our life. Uh, To to explain this, let me kind of give the definition of what allegiance means. Allegiance means to have loyalty or devotion to a people, a a group, or a a cause. To have loyalty or devotion to people, a cause, or a group. And pledge just means you make a promise to do that. And the truth is, whether you realize it or not, we are all pledging allegiance to certain things in our lives. Now, I'm going to need your participation for this part. You ready? I'm going to give you some options. You're going to tell me which one you pledge allegiance to. You ready? All right. It's July 4th. Hot dogs or hamburgers? Which one are you looking for? Hot dogs or hamburgers. I'm hearing hamburgers. Majority of people are saying hamburgers. It's good. I feel that. All right. Um, uh, this one's the sports one. Let's go with the Bucks or the Suns. Which one we're going with? The Bucks or the Suns? Great. I'm sorry the Thunder isn't making it, right? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm praying for them. We need to fast for them. We really need to. Anyway, um, here's a harder one. Not really, though. Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? Yeah. If you said Boomer Sooner, you passed that test. If you said Boomer Sooner, you passed. Last one, I promise. This is super easy. Double stuffed Oreos or single stuffed Oreos? Double stuffed or single. Listen. Listen. Notice... No Oreos wasn't even an option, right? There's, there's no option in which no Oreos is an option, right? It's, it's always double-stuffed. We all have and pledge allegiance to someone or something. I am loyal and devoted to my single-stuffed Oreos, okay? And I will dip it in whole milk so it disintegrates rather than almond milk or silk milk because I'm weird. I'm just being honest with you. Because we all, we're devoted and we have allegiance to someone or to something. And it, it's not just the fun things. It's like everyday life, right? We, we should be devoted and have loyalty, pledge allegiance to our spouses, right? And so some of you who are like, I'm, I'm praying for that. I'm praying for you too. One day. One day. All right? Uh, uh, some of you have pledge allegiance to PTA and now you're stuck, right? Now you're in it. You can't get out of that, right? Some of us, you've been pledging allegiance to college. You've been working hard to make sure that you, you graduate, even though it may take you six years. But the, these are the things that we pledge allegiance to. Why? Because, believe it or not, you and I were created to pledge allegiance to things, to a person. We were designed to be in relationship with, but to give loyalty and devotion to a person. That person is God. And that's where our text begins today. Our text is going to show us, which is our next point, that God deserves our highest allegiance. That God is the person that deserves our highest allegiance, our highest loyalty, our highest devotion. What's happening is Jesus has been meeting with different scholars and he's been talking through scholarly arguments. So if someone ever says to you, or maybe you've thought this before, that Jesus is really just touchy-feely or like maybe hippie-ish or you should know that that's not the Jesus that's in the gospel. Like Jesus is actually giving logical arguments and theological defenses for what is the truth at that time. And so he's been arguing with the Sadducees and he's defeated them. So once again, they're sad, you see, right? Guys, yeah, work with me, right? So he's defeated them. They're Sadducees again, and now a Jewish lawyer comes to him. Now, we, we tend to think Jewish law. We tend to think litigary when we hear the term lawyer, but what's happening is this Jewish lawyer is someone who is, is um, a, he's, he's a lawyer over the Jewish law, the Mosaic law, And what they would do at this time is they were fighting and contending to figure out which one of the laws, because there's over 600 laws in the Old Testament, are the most important ones, are the ones that need the most devotion, or are the ones that have the the most allegiance. And so when he brings this quandary to Jesus, he's asking him, which one should have my allegiance? And Jesus' reply is, me. (laughs) Right? Jesus says, actually... It's not just about the law, it's about who's behind the law. It's about God, that your highest devotion and your highest loyalty should be to God. Why? Because of who God is and what he's done. And, and notice, I didn't just say only our allegiance. I said highest, because like we've already said, You can have allegiances to other things. You should have allegiances to your kids and to your family members and to your spouse. And maybe you have allegiance to a political party or an affiliate or a sports team. That's okay. But what the Bible is telling us in this moment, what Jesus is trying to get across is that although all these things are allegiances for us, our highest. And the thing that we should be most concerned about is our devotion and our loyalty to God. And what happens is maybe we've lost our distinctions as Christians. Maybe we've lost our impact on the world around us because we haven't learned to look different than the world around us. Because we're in the world with the same allegiances, but we haven't learned to make God higher than anything else. And so when people see us and our behaviors and our loyalties and our devotion, it looks just like them. Because we haven't allowed our lives to be impacted by who deserves our highest devotion, which is God. Jesus explains your highest devotion is, God deserves the highest devotion because of who he is and because of what he does. Because who he is. So when Jesus is responding back to them, he's not just making up this verse out of the top of his head. He's actually quoting an Old Testament law which is found in Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through five. I'm gonna read it for you. Here's what he says. Deuteronomy chapter six says this, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God and he's the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. And what's happening is this particular verse is one of the most important verses that the Jewish people have. It's called the Shema. And what's happening is as Jesus is quoting this verse, he's pointing to the very first part of this verse. This this little statement that says, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Actually in Hebrew says Yahweh is our God and Yahweh is one. Unique, And that term unique is pointing to the fact that of all the things that you have in your life, this is greater than and higher than anything else. That he is matchless in every way. And due to that matchless and great ability of who he is, that means our devotion should come out of that. We don't just sing these songs because they're good songs and they rhyme. When we say that God is able to turn graves into gardens, we literally mean that he is the God who's great enough to do these different things. Like when we speak about God and his matchless abilities, one of those things is his knowledge. He's matchless in his knowledge. There's never been a moment, never will be a moment that God's like, huh. Huh. I didn't know that. No, because God's knowledge is innate to who he is. It doesn't even require time because all facts are timeless. Because you can say, tomorrow is the day that I went to. And he would know that without time because God innately knows all true factual propositions. That means God knows everything. And he's always known it. And there's never been a thing that he doesn't know because he knows only in all true things. He is matchless in his knowledge, matchless in his power. There's nothing, no one greater than him is what we sing because he's omnipotent. He can do anything that anyone can do in any given situation. Graves into gardens, beauty into ashes, or excuse me, ashes into beauty. So no matter what you're facing right now, you may be looking around at your life and looking at what seems to be ashes. Can I remind you of who God is, that he's the God who looks at the ashes in your life and can replace that with beauty? That he's the God who looks at what you're struggling with and what you're going through, and he's powerful enough to bring change to it. Matchless in every way, also in his love. The Bible doesn't just say that God is loving. First John says that God is love which is this idea that all that we know of love should be defined by who God is because God's very nature is loving. It's not that God chooses not to do what is wrong. It's that it's impossible for him to do it because it's not in his nature because he's morally perfect. It's like this. You're getting ready to go get some food because that's one of the F's that we talked about today. You're getting ready to go home. You're getting ready to go get some food. And you wouldn't be like, mm, we got out a little bit late. I'm going to just fly over there, right? This, and you just pull out your wings. And, no, you, that's impossible. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because that's against your nature. And just as impossible as it is for you to grow wings today, is just as impossible as it is for God to do anything that's not loving. He's the perfect paradigm of what love is. All of our definitions of what love is should be characterized by who he is. Based upon that fact. The Jewish Shema is explaining to us is what Jesus says, our devotion should be given to him because there is no one greater to give our devotion to. Because he created you to demonstrate that great love to because of who he is, but also because of what he's done. Because of what he's done. Like, he is the God who created a way where there was no way, provided a way where there was no way. These families that we've been praying about this morning, the reason why we pray to God is because we know what he can do and what he has done. And so he has our devotion because we know that he's faithful. And we know that he can step in. And we know that he, if it's his will, can bring healing and can bring strength and can bring peace to the families who desperately need it because of who he is. And because of what he's done, he deserves, he deserves the highest allegiance. Here's the thing about allegiance. Allegiance, it causes action. Allegiance leads to action, which is our next point. It leads to action. Now, I'm not going to out you. You can raise your hand if you want to. But is anyone competitive in the room? Anyone competitive? Anyone like like you're, okay, okay, I feel that. I got to you should pray for me. I, I have an issue, and my issue is my competitiveness. I'm just going to tell you. It's, it's true. I, I don't know why. It's just always been there, and I'm just a competitive person, and now my children are coming to realize that their daddy is competitive, right? So we, we just started to play, play games like board games, like Monopoly. Now, I don't always play Monopoly because Monopoly takes 18 hours to play, but I enjoy playing Monopoly, and here's what my kids are coming to find out. I have an allegiance to winning. All right. This is, just, I am loyal and devoted to winning even above to their, their feelings. Right. That's just, that's just being, pray for me. Like I said, I'm being 100% honest. And so we're playing board games and my daughter and my wife, and they, they may be beating me at the board game and we're playing, but what they don't know is I'm devoted to winning. So I am always the banker who was hiding $100 bills under the board. Come on, you know somebody like that? I'm all, that's, why? (laughs) Because I have an allegiance to winning, which means sometimes I cheat, okay? That's just how, if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough to win. The competitive people in the room understand it. If you play and you're like, it doesn't matter who wins, we're not friends. I am just wanna let you know. (laughs) It matters who wins, why? Why? I hide the money because I have an allegiance (laughs) to winning. Allegiance leads to actions. It leads to action in our own life. When we are dedicated to our kids' sports in schools, it means that two or three nights out of the week, you have to get up and pack the whole family and go to those different practices that you don't even care about, and you know they're going to quit in six months, but that's what you're dedicated to. It's allegiance. The same is true with God. There's two areas getting ready to wrap up. I'm getting ready to end it. I told you it's going to be quick today. You're welcome. I'm just joking. But there's there's two areas that our allegiance should impact or lead us to action. The first is how we view and how we treat God. How do you view God? How do you treat God? If you're a Christian in the room and you and I sat down and you never told me that you were a Christian and I just began to take audit of your choices over the last two weeks. Would I be able to look at your choices over the last two weeks and determine from those choices that God has your highest allegiance? Could I say your life demonstrates the fact that God has your highest loyalty and devotion? because allegiance leads to action. And for many of us, allegiance is is just what we talk about, maybe what we sing about on the weekends, but not what we live about. But allegiance isn't just something you declare with your mouth, it's something you declare with your heart. It's a heart posture. And so I uh, I'm just being honest and open with you that, that there's been times in my life where if, if I were to just analyze the choices and the things that I make, the choices we make with our, with our finances, the choices we make with decisions that we choose as a family, those, those things don't always align with my highest allegiance. And it's, it's time that my allegiance leads to action and how I view God and also how I treat him, what my choices are praying and reading the Bible is not just something that people who are Christians tell other Christians to do it is a representation of a relationship between you and God it's a moment of intimacy where you are able to build your relationship your faith with who God is and those are actions that demonstrate your allegiance so when's the last time your actions were representative of your allegiance to God the second thing is this, how you view and how you treat others. How you view and how you treat others. Jesus says the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. Then he follows up with verse 39, which he says, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Putting above all else this idea that when you love God, when you get focused on the vertical relationship between you and God, it should impact your horizontal relationship with the people that are around you. And so if we were honest today, and you don't, I'm not outing you, you could just be honest in your own heart. It, if I were to talk to your coworkers about the things you say about your boss, about the jokes that you tell, about your attitude, would those things demonstrate your allegiance to God? if we were to talk to your family about what you do and what you say when you get frustrated or angry, if we were to talk to you about how you treat the people that are closest to you, are your allegiances leading to action there? What about the people that you don't know? What about the people who are different, the people who smell different, who look different, who vote different than you? Are you demonstrating your love of God by demonstrating, or you're demonstrating your love to God and showing it through your love for them? Because we've missed it if we think the greatest commandment is only about us and God and no one else. Because our allegiance to God should impact how we view others. We should view them the way that God views them. And how we treat others, we should treat them the way that God has treated them. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to make the pledge. To make the pledge. Pledge allegiance to God and say, yeah, God, from this point forward, you're number one. Above my ambition, above my motivation, above my plans for my future and my family, or above all those things is my allegiance and my devotion and my loyalty to you because you deserve it. And then to make the pledge, to demonstrate that love that you have for God, by showing love to other people. When you do this, the world will begin to see us differently again. You'll begin to live the full life that God's asked you to live. And you'll come to find out pledge pledging allegiance to God impacts our relationship with Him and with others. So eyes closed and heads bowed. There's two responses this morning. Both have to do with the pledge. The first is this. If this morning you need to make a pledge to God of loyalty, of devotion. The Bible says that Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came that you may have life. Life to the fullest. Maybe you've never made the choice to make him the Lord and Savior of your life, or maybe you have, and your devotion has just waned over time, but today is the day that you're gonna say, I'm willing and ready to make the pledge. If that's you, when I count to three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three, right now. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Second response is this. If you're in a room and you're saying, I need to pledge to demonstrate my love for God by how I love other people. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe it's just time to step up. If you're like, today's the day. I'm making the pledge to treat others differently, to see them the way that God sees them and treat them the way that God treats them. When I count to three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three, right now. That's you. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. We're going to say a prayer. Dear Father. Thank you for everyone who raised their hand right now. God, I pray if they need to make the first pledge that they would know that you're the God who forgives them of their sins. You have provided victory over their sins and their mistakes. And now all they have to do is to commit to you, to turn away from those things and commit to you fully. And they have a new and right relationship with you. For those who need to take the second pledge today, help them, God, to begin to make the right choices. To view people differently whether they're the same or different, that they would begin to love them the way that you have chosen to love us, sacrificially, so that the world can know us by our love, so that you can get the glory. We love you. So mighty we pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.